2: You're Locked on Packers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Pack Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. We are going to be talking NFL draft today. A lot to get to. Eric at home from Yahoo Sports is going to be on the show to talk about the Senior Bowl because there are some intriguing prospects for the Packers at one particular position. And it's something that I want to talk about at length with Eric, but also, intro in a way that I think is is useful for our purposes as we set the stage for what could potentially happen come the NFL draft. Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst each over the last week I wouldn't say they opened the door to drafting a quarterback because the door to drafting a quarterback is always open especially when you're in the Ron Wolf Ted Thompson Tree. Brian Gudekins mentioned that specifically in his press conference at the end of the season. And it is always the case that a quarterback is on the radar for teams, or at least it ought to be, the wise thing to do is to make sure that you are you have some kind of continuity structure in place at the quarterback position where if you if you have a young player that you're grooming or a veteran, you need one of those two basically at all times as quarterback, too. You either need a veteran backup who can come in and win games, and that's that's more important if you have a non-established quarterback. You need the Ryan Tannehill to your Marcus Mariota. You need a Chase Daniel for your Mitch Trubisky. And then if you have a Drew Brees, then having a Teddy Bridgewater, who is sort of a mix of both, is nice. Or your Tom Brady and you draft Jimmy Garoppolo. You are Aaron Rodgers and they draft Brett Hundley. Now, it doesn't always work out. The Brett Hundley example is a good one, and he was a fifth round pick. So it wasn't like he was drafted to be the savior, not drafted to be the next guy, but drafted to be a developmental type player. Deshaun Kaiser, had he been a draft pick for the Packers, you know, let's say he goes in the second round or the third round, was someone that they thought they could develop into a useful player, whether a future starter or a potential trade chip. Now, Green Bay last year had interest in Drew Locke, the quarterback from Missouri, who ended up going to the Denver Broncos. And it had been reported multiple places, and I had heard as well Green Bay was interested in Locke, potentially even with their second first-round pick, that, that 30th pick. Now, obviously, Green Bay did not pull the trigger on that, but there is a quarterback in this draft who is very similar in my opinion. I have I have only just begun my study of these quarterbacks or, or these these draft prospects rather, but I, I started with the quarterbacks in part because I think it is, it is not just possible but likely, given what what has been said and the interest last year that Green Bay is looking at the possibility of finding the Aaron Rodgers replacement sooner rather than later or at least getting a a guy worth developing and taking a shot at. So you draft someone in the second or the third or the fourth round, and then in a year or two, you see where you stand and you go from there. Aaron Rodgers' contract makes it prohibitive for them to say, this guy is going to be the starter next year or even the year after that. Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback for the Packers because of the guaranteed monies. Even a trade is untenable for the foreseeable future, 2020, 2021, and probably 2022. That means a pick this year, a first-round pick. You get four years plus a fifth-year option. Your 2022, he probably hasn't played more than a couple games at most, or at least you don't want him to play, and now you have a year to decide on a fifth-year option. Now, that is more time than not a year which is what it would have been last year had the Packers drafted a quarterback in the first round. When Aaron Rodgers' contract was finally up and and ready, they were able to move on at a minimal cost. You would have had to make a decision already on a quarterback that you don't know if he can play. Getting that year... You know The Packers with Aaron Rodgers in his first season, by October of that first season, they'd made a decision. He was their guy. They were going to sign him long-term. Ted Thompson did that, and I don't think Ted Thompson has ever received enough credit for having the foresight to say, this is how this is going to work. We believe in this guy, and we're going to pay him like we believe in him, like he's the franchise quarterback, and it turned out he was the franchise quarterback. Now, if it were me, I don't think Jordan Love from Utah State, who Eric Edholm, who's going to be on the show in a little bit, mocked to the Packers, is worth taking at 30 because he is, number one, a project, but number two, just not so good that other players likely to be available would not impact this team more in both the short and long run. If there's a receiver or a linebacker there who they think can be a very good player, I think you'd rather go that route because I think the talent is more impactful in the short term. You can, you're can you still going to win with Aaron Rodgers. And in some ways, you have to have that mentality of normally your first-round pick, second-round pick, these draft picks you want over the course of their rookie contracts to be impactful. And a quarterback, certainly, if he's going to start in year three, year four, you can argue that there is no one who's going to be more impactful than that. But Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback for the next three years. So... You have to view all of this through the lens of you're going to get essentially no value other than a backup value out of this player in that short term. So unless someone like Justin Herbert, who, by the way, I like more than a lot of the national media at this point, I am I'm really a fan of his. I I, I mean, that might be overstating it a little bit, but I am certainly higher on him than a lot of other national media. I think he's going to go in the top 10. I think he deserves to go in the top 10. I would be comfortable taking him in the top 10. If Justin Herbert falls to 30, then you start to have a conversation. His arm talent, his ability to drive throws, especially in the intermediate and deep parts of the field, are special. And he is the kind of player, experience, Tons of big games, gone on the road. He has played in multiple kinds of systems. Incredible talent, incredible arm ability. I think in a Packers offense, he would he would fit well with Matt Lafleur, these receivers in in what Matt Lafleur wants to do offensively in terms of pushing the ball down the field. I think he would be a very good fit, and you have to you have to consider it there. When we talk about the Packers. Plan in the offseason. And this is something we're going to discuss at length over the course of the next few weeks and months. But Brian Gutekinst was bullish on the defensive line on this team. He said he expected Montrevious Adams and Kingsley Kiki to play more in year two under Matt LaFleur. That is a a direct response to the struggles of the run defense in the San Francisco game and all season. It's Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry, and that's it. And Tyler Lancaster has not played well. We haven't seen a lot of Montrevious Adams. We haven't seen a lot of Kingsley Kiki. It sounds like we're going to see more of them. It also sounds like Blake Martinez is done as a Packer. Priced himself out of the market. Green Bay is not going to pay 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 million, which it sounds like he could get. I mean, there are there are already teams sniffing around. Who have expressed interest, whether it is in the media or through back channels. And I don't think Green Bay is gonna be in there in that market at at that price. So that leaves, to me, it leaves receiver and linebacker, assuming they sign Brian Bulaga, offensive tackle. You know, you can wait a year or two on that if you want to. You signed Bulaga to a three-year deal, that's really a two-year deal. Okay, maybe you take someone in the third, the fourth, the fifth, and, and see what you can get out of them. And if you, if you don't have anyone in two years, you can use a first-round pick on someone. That leaves receiver and linebacker. And those are the two positions that I think are of most pressing need for the Packers. Okay, well, linebacker in the first, receiver in the second, that would fit with the way Greenville, Green Bay likes to build a team. In the third round, can you get Jake Fromm? Can you get Jacob Eason? What would their appetite be for someone like Jalen Hurts? The quarterbacks are worth watching in this draft. It's something that we have to discuss. It's something that we're going to discuss. And I think Packer fans have to be prepared for that eventuality. It doesn't mean they're replacing Aaron Rodgers because, again, Rodgers is the quarterback for the next few years. But they are going to be looking for the next guy. They may not find it this year, but they are looking for him. And the signals are there. The interest last year, and then, you know, it wasn't like they were overt about it. You know, it wasn't like they were like, hey, yeah, we, we think we need a quarterback. No, but Matt LaFleur said, you know, he's the most important position on the field. Of course, we have to be open to it. Brian Gutekind said a similar thing. I come from the the Ted Thompson school. I come from the Ron Wolf school. We're always looking at it. But it, was, it wasn't just that they said it or or what they said. It was how they said it. There was a cheerfulness to it. It seems like they've thought about it. They're interested in it. They're excited by it even. Excited by the prospect of bringing in someone. You know, this is the first year that these two have a full season together and have a chance to, to draft someone. You know, they had a chance to draft someone last year, but Brian didn't really know – the full philosophy of LaFleur yet. They didn't have the year together. You know LaFleur is still working through what his ideology is going to be, and now they have the opportunity this offseason to find someone if they think someone is worthy, and that's the key. If you think someone is worthy, you draft them. If you don't, you don't, and the worthiness part is up to the prospects. If there is someone worth taking, take them, and if there isn't, don't rush it because the Packers have time. And if you don't feel like you're worthy in the bedroom, Blue Chew can help. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Right now, Chew.com is offering a Special discount for our listeners. Go to bluechew.com and enter the promo code locked on to try bluechew for free. Just pay for shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code locked on to try it free.
1: David Harrison here, the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings Good. Dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store.
2: All right, let's get to Eric at home. He is one of the best when it comes to covering the NFL draft. You can follow him on Twitter at Eric underscore ed E D H O L M. You can find his work at Yahoo sports he is a Chicago guy, and we will not hold that against him. Eric, thanks for joining Locked On Packers.
0: Hey, man. Good to be here. I'm uh, in the middle of this draft thing. I'm excited and uh, re- ready to get going for the combine. When is it? Like two weeks away, three weeks, whatever it is.
2: It's yeah, it's already here like tomorrow, which yeah. means the draft is next week. That's how the offseason works. It's It always seems like it's going to be this long, arduous process, and you're like, oh, there's no football. And then all of a sudden there's, there's something every day happening that we have to talk about so yep. in the spirit of that let's dive right into it because you were just in mobile for the senior bowl yep give me just before we we dive into the packer specific stuff who stood out what are your top line thoughts from what you saw down there
0: yeah it was it was a pretty interesting week you know and, and it was kind of funny too i mean i've i've purposely tried to kind of sidestep other draft writers stuff you know this week even really most of the season I just wanted to have clear thoughts and just go in there and you know based on what I'd seen i would watched I think all but six of the players who were there on in at least two games so you know I knew these guys a little bit coming in um and I you know would peek on Twitter and see the same names that I was seeing too so I felt I guess pretty good about that in the sense that (laughs) <laughs> there were there were a half a dozen receivers who looked really good. You know, maybe not that that alpha dog number one type, but guys you can win with. That was that was one thing that stood out. You know, Justin Herbert played well. Like people kind of love nipping him a little bit, you know, and just sort of poking yeah. at all the little flaws. I mean, he looked really good out there. I don't know if that means he's gonna be a star, but um and Jordan Love's really interesting. I know you want to get into quarterbacks, but I mean those were two Guys that I was intrigued about, they, you know, they certainly opened my eyes. The defensive line talent's really good too, and, and there's there's lots of different body types as well. So it was a it was a fun uh, couple days down there.
2: So let's let's dive into that since you teed up the quarterbacks. It's yeah. almost like you've done this before. Yeah. Um, let's talk about them because given what has been said um, over the last week or so from Matt Lafleur and Brian Gutekens, so yep. their interest. Uh, and you were you were on this last year, um, the interest in Drew Locke, the quarterback from Missouri, um, from the Packers last year. It would not be surprising, I think, to anyone, or at least it shouldn't be, if Green Bay is going to take a quarterback in this draft. Aaron Rodgers is getting up there in age, probably going to be the starter for at least two more seasons, sure. if not three. But let's say for some reason Herbert does fall. Yep. Let's say they fall in love with love, no pun intended. Uh-huh. Do you think those guys are are worth that that you know first round pick and an eventual franchise quarterback type uh projection?
0: Yeah, I mean I think Herbert's going pretty high. I mean, I don't yeah. I don't think he's going ahead of a healthy Tua. I just I just don't, but it also wouldn't complete you know, you hear the Bengals basically saying we're looking at four guys. We're looking at Joe Burrow, of course, everybody knows that. Herbert Tua, uh, Chase Young. That's the list. Those are the four guys yeah. that we're considering. So the fact that he's in the conversation, for one, doesn't mean that every other team's going to love him. But, you know, Dolphins, Chargers, Panthers, five, six, seven, handful of other teams along the way. I just can't see him getting out of the top 15 or 18 picks. I think he's going to go in the top 10 when it's all said and done. With Love, though, it's, you know, he's – We're still throwing darts a little bit here because Mm -hmm. maybe the Colts love him at 13. Maybe he slips to the second round. I don't know. I really don't. I've gotten some, some high variance on where his draft stock files. You know, I fall rather just talking to people around the league and some people love him, some don't. And that's, you know, he played well this week, but that's still the sort of the deal with him.
2: What's interesting is if the Packers liked Drew Locke. Yes. And you are one of the people that have compared Love to Locke, that it's like if you like Locke, yep. then wouldn't wouldn't just logic dictate you like Love? I mean, the, the comparisons there are, are obvious. Um, I watched him and I thought, you know, he's a little bit, in, in some ways, You know, he's a big, strong kid, and you think, oh, he's going to chuck the ball down the field. But he's sort of, to me, an anachronism in some ways. He looks like he would be best in... Like the Donovan McNabb role. Yeah. You know, if if he was a late 90s, early 2000s quarterback, maybe he would be, uh, you know, West Coast early, you know, proto Andy Reid type quarterback. But in the modern NFL, things are a little bit different. I, I just I, I see his projection as as being very very scheme specific. Where are you? Where are you on him? Just you, not not the NFL, right. You know, perspective, but you specifically when you watch him.
0: You brought up an important point too, because you know it was clear with the the coaching chat. Excuse me, coaching staff change. Couldn't say that very well at Utah State after his you know his red shirt sophomore year when he you know almost beat Michigan State, a really good defense there, mm-hmm. had the great. TD interception ratio, they lost nine starters from that team. They lost their coaching staff. There was a lot of turnover, you know, and he stuck around, and there was really only one receiver this year that he seemed to have any kind of chemistry for, that, that Sione Mariner kid. The offensive line was probably one of the six or seven worst units I saw, and yet they kept trying to run the, some of the same stuff that they did the year before without those tools around him. And guess what? It cost him. He was yeah. Pretty darn good some games. He was very much not good the others. So <laughs> I <laughs> I just kept thinking to myself, they are not really adjusting the scheme well to what he what what he could do and what the other teammates could do, you know, which is not that much. So I feel like it took him about seven, eight games to figure that out. Um and it and it hurt him. So yeah, the scheme specific thing makes absolute sense. I think Four of his interceptions came on out patterns this year, where he was throwing from the far hash to the, the other sideline. You know, he's got a good arm, but let's not ask him to do that. You know, so yeah, that yeah. just some and, stuff.
2: and and the NFL. Yeah. You literally cannot do that because yeah. the hashes are not that wide.
0: Well, that's true too, right? Exactly. It's not like college. So. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, he's 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 an interesting study. And if you liked Mahomes, maybe you like him, but he doesn't necessarily guarantee to be that. Obviously.
2: Right. You mentioned the receivers that is music to Packer fans ears. Yep. They are, they are likely looking to add a dynamic playmaker to this offense. Brian Gutekinson said it in his Edinview press conferences. They tried at the deadline to add someone. Yep. The value wasn't there. You know, the the Robbie Anderson name was out there. He's someone who could be available in free agency, but this is an extremely deep receiver class and there were some high pedigree, high profile receiver types as well as some sleepers. At the at the senior bowl. I know there were a couple names that really seemed to pop out. Who who popped for you that could be on the Packers radar?
0: Yeah, the only real disappointment of the week was not getting Brandon Ayuk. And you right. know, that's a player you could you could visualize in a Packers offense, right? He can for sure. press the safety, you know, speed, all that stuff. A nice, a nice build. He's, you know, thinner, but still him not playing was the only disappointment for me at that position. I mean, I guess there were a couple guys that I wish would we have shown out a little more, but Van Jefferson's a dude, man. I His stats do not tell the story. You know, I was buried in a really talented Ole Miss lineup, went to Florida. They didn't feature him. It, you just watch him and you say, that guy could play. K.J. Hill's the same thing. Like, ugh, Brian Hartline must be the best receiver coach in the country because all those Ohio State guys come into the league with, like, pristine you know hand work and release and all that mm-hmm. so those are two of the guys that really caught my eye Devin Duvernay didn't have the week I hoped Tyree Cleveland is just a speed guy Colin Johnson looked really good uh, you know he he fascinates me because he's this massive dude with tiny hands eight and seven inch <laughs> baby hands you know like but he was catching everything out there and putting some good double moves on on some of these corners I don't know it was You know, that's the South team. I'm just trying to think too. I mean, Denzel Mims, maybe the best receiver out there this week. Maybe, you know, I thought he was that good. And he's easily projectable to a team like Green Bay.
2: Yeah, he is a name that I think in the middle rounds could absolutely pop for Green Bay. Um, There's another name that that I am really interested in, someone who I I think uh, became came into my awareness when I saw him on a big board, you know, maybe maybe a month or two ago, and that is the uh, the App State linebacker, Akeem Davis-Gaither, right. got a chance to go down to the Senior Bowl. He is undersized by linebacker standards in the NFL, but what does that even mean anymore? Is that even really a thing, given the way that we want linebackers to play in the NFL? It seems like he, he's got sideline-to-sideline side speed. He can play in the passing game at what point do we start talking about him as a legitimate you know day two type player who can come in and and be an impact linebacker in the NFL because that's that's what it seems like he can be and now at the senior Bowl it seems like more and more people are finding out hey, this kid is really talented
0: yeah i'm 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 ready to have that discussion right now you know <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, he's really interesting and I think as we've seen more of those, Darius Leonard type guys or whatever, you know, that have come into the league from a little lower level, you know, all that athleticism you're talking about, you know, Telvin Smith before his issues, whatever. I mean, those, you know, those types of players, if you have the right characteristics, you can, you can get by at that size. And, you know, that's why, not to veer off topic, but I mean, anyone questioning Isaiah Simmons' fit in the NFL? Well, what is he? Is he a safety or a linebacker? Right. He's a playmaker, man! Like he, yeah, you know, let him work, do what he does best, right? So, back to Davis Gaither. I've I've had my eye on him for a while. I had a I had a pretty good connection in the in the uh, in the program there. You know, he was talking him up all season, so I kind of watched him a little bit more than I think other people did early in the season, just because I right. I got the 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 tip on him. And right. he's just, he's a great kind of overhang defender for them. You know, he has, he's a little longer than his, you know, his height and, and weight would suggest, you know, it isn't, he kind of looks like a safety out there at Sierra Bowl. You know, you see him you go, oh, okay, but super <laughs> active, slips around <laughs> blocks, instinctive, athletic as heck. I talked to e- Eli Drinkwitz, who's now the Missouri coach, but he was his head coach last year and, we were right. talking about the North Carolina game when he made this diving interception. He's like, yeah, that was him just having, you know, like raw instinct, you know, he right. said, first of all, the biggest play he made in that game was blocking the field goal. So that's number one. He said, number two, he thinks he's going to go to the combine and test through his, you know, out of his mind. So yeah, he probably you know, will. it's just, it's going to be fun to see where people are on him after that.
2: For sure. Well, something to monitor for Packer fans to be sure you are someone who gets to mock draft professionally (laughs) as you are putting together these mocks at the end of the first round. Green Bay has the 30th 30th pick. Who are the names? I mean, I know that, you know, as you go through these over the course of the season, you're going to do 100 of them. Are there names that seem to continually come up as you get down to the bottom and are like, okay, it's going to be one of these three guys and i i just sort of need to pick which one of these guys i'm going to slot in here
0: yeah you know it's funny i i up until about you know free agency or whatever i don't know it's hard for me because sometimes i'll say to myself oh their biggest need is you know x y or z or you know they right. have to get one of these but you know until free i know packers you know may not be super active this year in free agency but still until that happens until we have the bigger picture I'm as much trying to slot players just in like where I think they're going to go yeah. and who they, you know, so I had him taking love. And I thought Isn't mm-hmm. that exactly what I would, you know, man, maybe not, but I thought he's going before the 30th pick in my mind. So let's put sure. him there. And, you know, it was almost solving two problems, but yeah, I mean, I'd have to kind of think about it. I mean, yes, I think they're going to draft a quarterback. Am I sure it's round one now? Um, receiver you know db tackle i guess i don't know i mean what what else are you thinking position wise because some of those positions are so deep now you're getting really hair splitting on some of them
2: yeah and it, i think it's two things right it's it's what do they do with brian belaga because yeah. if they bring yeah. him back the ot need is lessened there isn't really a linebacker in free agency that they can bring in to replace Blake Martinez. True. So that seems like it's a priority in the first three rounds. Yep. And then that leaves receiver. And if they let you know, let's say they sign Robbie Anderson, then do you need to take one in the first hundred picks? Maybe you don't. Maybe you wait on Denzel Mims and yep. you take him, you know, middle of the draft somewhere. Your your point about the free agency is so is so important because you know, I think a lot of people, Rashawn Gary would have made sense to fe- in February as a mock draft player. And then the Packers signed two outside linebackers. Now, right. Well, I can't take Rashawn Gary now. Right. Yep. And then they did anyway. So th- th- this is in some ways it must feel for you like an exercise in futility. I know it does for me at times. Yeah. And you have to do it much more than I do. So yeah. um, a, a lot of, uh, still to be decided here for for what's what could happen. <laughs> Uh, Eric, let my listeners know where they can find more of the work that you do.
0: Yeah. So I'm uh, on I'm at Yahoo Sports and uh, you can find me on the NFL page there and uh, on Twitter, Eric, E-R-I-C underscore Edholm, E-D-H-O-L-M. And uh, just try not to offend anybody these days. That is hard enough work for me. You know, that (laughs) tape study are my two big concerns this time of year
2: well eric i appreciate it i always appreciate the insight and uh i'm sure we'll we'll talk to you as the draft yeah. approaches
0: i can't wait enjoy the rest of your week and uh I'll talk to you real soon thanks man you too
1: hey listen up FanDuel fantasy players your day is about to get 20 percent better
2: This episode is brought to you by WISE. Progress is great, isn't it? People listen to music on record players, then tapes and CDs, and now you can stream music and podcasts. When technology moves forward, you move with it. Like with WISE, the modern way to move money internationally. It's smarter and simpler. They use new technologies, so when you send, spend, or convert money with WISE, you get a better exchange rate with lower fees. And over 30% of transfers arrive in less time than it takes to listen to this right now. Join over 10 million people and businesses and try Wise for free at wise.com slash podcast. All right, I want to thank Eric for joining the show again. It is Mock Draft Monday, and I was able to ask Eric about his mock. He had Jordan Love. We do not have, as we record this, a new Draft Network mock, but it is coming we talked last week a little bit about the Joe Marino mock that had Jalen Rager to the Packers, and he continues to be the player. It's worth mentioning again, he is the player I have my eyes on. He is the guy who offensively get the ball in his hands and he can make plays. The, sh- the screen passes, those short, quick little out routes, the slants, he can house those. And then his ability to take the top off the defense, the deep shots. Put him in the MVS role and watch him shine. Plus, one of the best special teams players in college football last year. As a returner, he is electric. And for all the great work Tyler Irvin has done, imagine someone like Rager with his speed, his ability to take a jet sweep, a reverse, a kick return, a deep shot. That speed, Brian Gutekind's talked about it. Adding speed is always a goal for every team. It is particularly important for the Packers this season. All right, we're gonna be back tomorrow. A lot more to get to as we move through the offseason. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Always check out the content that we're producing over at Acme Packing Company, the content over at Packer Report. And There's so much great stuff this year around the draft. The draft network is the best place. You can create your own mock drafts. Send them to me. I would love to see who you're picking. Some of you guys are already doing that. Continue please to do that. I love it. It is one of the most fun parts of the offseason. And anytime you want to hit me up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.